Welcome to the Drinking and Thinking Podcast. It's a new podcast that we're doing to kind of have a conversation around alcohol and campus and how do we as Christians kind of relate. So my name's Dylan, and I got here with me Brian Marshall. You guys know probably know Brian, but I've also got a friend of mine, CJ Carter. CJ is also a staff member, kind of functions in a unique role. He helps with content and writing. A lot of the curriculum you'll see this year for your core group will be uh, kind of CJ has the hand in it. But he's he's been around CSF for a while, about six years, and uh, he's just a good friend of ours, a really great mind, a great thinker, great communicator. So we love to have him as a part of this conversation. So opening question, gentlemen, why are we having a conversation about alcohol? Well, for starters, I mean, alcohol is a, a huge topic in the Bible. I mean, there are, uh, you know, well over 100, 200 passages, maybe, that that uh, references to alcohol in the Bible. So it's all through the Bible, and, and it comes at that topic in a lot of different uh, ways and angles. That'd be the first thing, because it's in the Scriptures, and we ought to, we ought to reflect deeply on what, what's in the Bible. The, the second thing I would say is, and it seems pretty obvious, is a lot of the hurt that I have seen uh, on campus over the years and the conversations I have had with people, so many students, is alcohol has played a, a role. In, and I certainly would not overestimate that. I wouldn't say it's been every time there's a problem, alcohol is at the center of it. But it's certainly, I mean, for people who've been around campus, it is no uh, overstatement to say that a lot of the carnage, there's a lot of carnage that happens on campus connected to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think of things like sexual assaults, you think of things like, uh, you know, uh, drunken driving accidents that involve students, uh, a lot of different things. Yeah, the, the deaths around hazing are often involving alcohol, yeah. things like this. Yeah, so, so it is, uh, it's just no overstatement to say that it's a key topic on the college campus. And so, as with anything, I think as Christians, we ought to be engaged in the central conversations and ought to be helping shape and define what conversations ought to be had on the college campus. And so uh, I I think we ought to be talking about that. Yeah, I think that's a great point that I think we would be doing a disservice to the campus that that we're seeking to serve if we didn't talk about alcohol in some way, that we would be avoiding a key conversation uh, that's happening. Yeah, so we're going to spend uh, a few episodes here in this this short series that we're doing on alcohol. Uh, we're going to try and do a lot of these short series over over the next few months and years. Um, but in this series, uh, we're going to spend you know three four episodes talking about some different conversations around this topic that we think are important. And so this first one, we're actually going to talk uh, a little bit about some of the the scripture, the way that um, alcohol and even even the, the more general conversation um, that bears upon. Uh, how we think about alcohol, how that plays out in scripture, and and some of the things that we have used to inform how we think about it uh, and how we we live uh, and use alcohol uh, responsibly. So, uh, Brian, why don't you tell us uh, the, the first one, the first scripture that, that we're using to start to think about uh, approaching alcohol? Yeah, well, like I said earlier, I mean, the, the scripture approaches alcohol in a number of different ways. And so right off the bat, let's just set this as a, as a ground level part of our conversation that, uh, you know, that one, as we'll get to, alcohol is not, uh, having a drink of alcohol is not a sin, mm-hmm. that, that is clearly not the teaching of scripture. And, and two, I think that, and I think that's just, and we'll get to why we think that's pretty point blank. But the other thing that I think is point blank in scripture is that drunkenness is a sin. Yep. And so I would, I would start with those two things that it is not a sin. There's a, there's a, you know, a goodness uh, in alcohol mm-hmm. in when it's rightly, uh, when you rightly participate in that blessing, like, like with almost any blessing, uh, well, presumably any blessing that when you participate rightly, it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's when we take it and kind of misuse it is when it gets bad. So that's the first thing. Second thing I would say is that again, drunkenness. And so, 
let me hit a couple passages and we're going to hit several passages pretty quickly in this episode because we want the scriptures. And again, so much of this conversation, I know we've talked about this over and over and over again. I hope that this podcast is for people a, uh, I hope it goes well beyond alcohol. Mm -hmm. I have spent way more time thinking about alcohol, talking about alcohol with a lot of different pastors, theologians, all kinds of different people, all kinds of staff, students, because I want people, if they can get how to think theologically and how to think carefully, how to think faithfully, how to think biblically, uh, you know, if they can figure out how to live their lives in a good way in relation to alcohol, my hope is that this springboards them into other areas Mm -hmm. of their life. And so I want to start, as we should with so many other things, with some key scriptures. So let's start here. Ephesians 5, 18. Uh, Let me just, I'll read this. We're going to read a few verses to you because I know if you're like me, listen to a podcast, hey, you know that Bible verse and you think, I'm going to go listen to that, look that up later, and then you never do. So let me just (laughs) go ahead and read Ephesians 5, 18 to you. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Similarly, uh, just to hit this point up front, again, just the the basic Bible teaching on drunkenness, Romans 13, uh, verses 13 and 14. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It's interesting that, and I've heard uh, someone else say in connection to this, that that alcohol, as, as with a lot of sins, alcohol is not alone in this, but it certainly is a is a gateway. Mm-hmm. It, in, in the scripture, you know, it, it's interesting a lot of times how it, it talks about don't get drunk, and then it lists out these other sins that seem to be almost kind of debauchery, sexual sin. I mean, think about things like sexual assault uh, on campus. A lot of times those involve alcohol that you, you and, and misuse of alcohol, I should be clear. Let me be clear on that. The misuse of alcohol. And so uh, it is a sin, this drunkenness sin that leads to other sins where people are really, lives really get damaged uh, even more than just the initial sin. Yeah. And I think it's because in in that Ephesians passage, it, there's a therefore, therefore do not be foolish and don't get drunk. It, it's because there's something about getting drunk that just removes all of our, our wisdom. Um, and so I think, yeah, the, the question when you think, why, why is it that drunkenness is a problem? There's some hints here. Um, but it's worth spelling out, like, why is it that drunkenness is kind of that line in the sand that you have moved from um, not sinning to to sinning? You know, what do you guys think? Well, you know, I would start off first and foremost is, you know, the, Jesus says the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, that you cannot love God or your neighbor properly when your mind is in a deeply altered state. Mm -hmm. One of the ways in which you love people, help people, serve people is by using your mind in in whatever given situation to know, oh, this person's in trouble. I need to help them. This person needs, you know, whatever it is, you need your mind. And when you are in a deeply altered state of mind, you simply cannot love people well. So for me, that would be one of the very first things I would say is with an altered mind in a deeply altered state, uh, you, you cannot love people. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think with that, the deeply altered state thing, my personal experience with kind of uh, drinking on a college campus is I just have heard so many people say, I just enjoy who I am when I'm drunk. And I think what they're saying in parentheses is I enjoy who I am when I'm drunk, 
more than who I am when I'm sober. And I think that's a big identity issue that we need to deal with, that if we prefer who we are on a substance over who we are as we're created, I think that is a deeper identity issue. And so, you know, when someone says, I, I like who I am, I, I'm uh, more secure, I don't feel as anxious, I don't feel as worried. I think that's that's a big thing that we need to deal with. Yeah, and I think uh, for me, what you what you said was important that there there's something about the way in which Scripture portrays alcohol that is violated when you get drunk. That Scripture portrays alcohol as a kind of communal celebratory event where um, it's it's deepening relationships and you're giving yourself to others. And I think that there's something profoundly selfish about about getting drunk. You're you're wanting your pleasure either to kind of forget whatever's going on because you like yourself more. But yeah, there's something about giving yourself to others that involves the mind and the will that that both seem to be um, severely inhibited when when you're drunk. And so I think it, it takes what should be the kind of outward celebratory, festive, um, relationship deepening activity that alcohol can be when used rightly. And it turns it wholly inward into kind of a selfish uh, narcotic for yourself. Well, CJ, why don't, why don't you, on the heels of that, why don't you jump in on, I know we talked about some of the the concerns of alcohol, misuse of alcohol, one, one of which, not the only of which, would be drunkenness. Mm-hmm. But let's let's flip the coin and, and let's look at some of the positive things that Scripture has to say about, about the, the gift of alcohol when rightly used. Yeah, I do think that the Scriptures uh, present alcohol as, as a gift that can be used. I think the most shocking place and the most in-your-face place this happens is that Jesus' very first miracle, the way he kind of inaugurates his miraculous ministry is by changing water into wine in John's gospel in in John 2. So we see Jesus come to the wedding and he comes and Jesus is the life of the party. And Jesus takes, when they run out of alcohol, he changes the water into wine to to continue the celebrations, a kind of foreshadowing, I think, in many ways of the the overflowing wine that will come at the, the Feast of the Lamb. And I think that this is tied up with, especially in the Old Testament, so much of the language around alcohol is kind of prophetic that you see in in places uh, like like Proverbs three, where when uh, you're honoring the Lord, the Lord is promising to to bless you with alcohol. And then likewise, in some of the curses in Deuteronomy, when you are dishonoring the Lord in the Old Testament, when Israel is dishonoring the Lord, he he dried up their stores of wine. So there is an association in the Old Testament and the New Testament in the parables of Christ and in the miracles of Christ that shows that alcohol when used rightly can be a sign, a, po- a good thing and a, a positive sign of the, of the kingdom of God. That's great. Yeah. I think we're, we're capturing the tension of, okay, there's this side of alcohol where we can, we can be unwise or even stumble into debauchery, but then also there's a side where it's a sign of blessing. So mm-hmm. what are some other scriptures that kind of help wrestle with that tension? Yeah. Because one of the things I love about the scripture is that it doesn't just give us things in like this two dimensional or, you know, one dimensional, certainly kind of, it gives us things as we met, as, as it, as it, plays out in life. It's very three-dimensional, comes at things in so many different ways. And so I think one of the conversations that Christians need to consider, and that's clearly in the Bible, is, you know, a lot of a lot of Christians go, great, hey, I'm, I'm allowed to drink and, and that settles it. And so as long as I'm not getting drunk, uh, great, I can take off from there. And so I want to introduce, again, we're just trying to introduce things into the mix here. And hopefully as we get into another episode, we'll we'll talk about how these things play out a little bit. But let me just, again, trying to introduce some, some thought categories here and some key 
key scriptures. Let me give a couple of key scriptures on this point of rights. It is drinking a, a Christian privilege. It is. But let, let me let me just, uh, let me talk about this. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33, Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way. For I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so they may be saved. If you went back even a couple of chapters, I mean, Paul hits this again and again, 1 Corinthians 8 and 9. I mean, so much of the, the tail end of 1 Corinthians. Be careful, however, this is in, in 8 9. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Or in, or in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. You know, people who want to talk about rights, if you always talk about rights, if rights is the only thing you talk about, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're always about rights, then you're wrong because it is not always about your rights. Even Jesus, I mean, that famous, you know, we, we can look to Philippians uh, too, that that Jesus himself laid mm-hmm. down his rights for the sake of loving and serving us and humanity. And I think if we're called to be like Jesus, there are going to be moments, uh, there, there are certainly appropriate moments for, for certain people in certain times and places to celebrate the gift of alcohol, but there are going to be moments in which you need to lay down your rights. And I know in the next episode, we'll talk some more about that, but I just wanted to introduce that into the into our thinking here. Yeah. And, well, the, the Corinthians seem to have a huge problem with this, the, that, you know, I get to do what I want because I'm a Christian. I have the right to do this. And, and he, he brings this up again in, in kind of first Corinthians six, where the Corinthians are complaining to him, you know, I have the right to do anything. And Paul's like, yeah, yeah, you say that, but not everything is beneficial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have the right to do anything, but you're not going to be mastered by anything. And when I read a, a section of scripture like that, especially around the alcohol conversation, which is not exactly what he was talking about here, but the principle, as you said earlier, applies how we think about this wisely. When I read a, that, that passage and think about this conversation about alcohol, I hear that a lot, but I have the right to drink, right? It's not evil. It's not a sin. I have the right to drink with no consideration to the effects that it's having on the people around them. And without the primary consideration that service to the other and for the sake of the other is what takes priority in the kingdom. Jesus didn't come to establish a nation of rights, but a kingdom of love. Yeah. One one other thing I think that I'd like to introduce at this point, another key concept is this idea of accountability. And we're going to be talking about how that plays out in the CSF community, but whatever community you're a part of, I think we need other people. And it's it's not because other people see our lives with perfect clarity. They, they don't. I mean, they don't see their own lives with perfect clarity. We don't see our lives with perfect clarity, but that's why we need other people, because they see our lives in a different angle than we see our lives. And so when it comes to something like alcohol and maybe maybe I start I mean certainly a slippery slope very much applies here if I start to get into some trouble I need other people in my life who can call me out because I go man God I don't want to hear this but I need to hear it and so just to, to have other people and that that key passage I, I would want again scriptures to consider when we're thinking about alcohol is obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Open your lives up to other people. And that may not initially sound like a conversation about alcohol, but but let's be clear, it is. Because it, it's one thing to say, you know, hey, listen, I've read the passages on fornication. I've read the passages on adultery. Therefore, I, I know what Christian marriage is about. Hmm. Well, 
that that's that would be foolish. You'd say no. There's so many other things to marriage than just reading. Okay, don't don't sleep with someone besides your spouse. Mm. The same thing goes with alcohol. That there is a whole range of scriptures. If you only read the passages that are directly that directly mention the word alcohol or wine or some such thing as that or drunkenness, and you say, okay, great, I understand what the Bible teaches about this. You, you just haven't seen it through the wide lens that you need to, and and so that's why these other topics uh, come into play. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And for me, that seems like one of the most important kind of points of this whole conversation is if we're only trying to kind of find, well, where does the Bible talk about alcohol? Where does it talk about dating? Where does it talk about these specific things and not taking in the whole witness? I think we're going to have a pretty shallow theological conversation. Mm -hmm. And so you really are going to have a hard time living out your wisdom when it comes to alcohol or whatever these conversations are, if you're not really taking in the whole witness. I think that's a great point. One thing that is uh, on my mind with this is even the idea of, you know, what are, who are we doing this for? What are we really loving when we do that? So one of the scriptures that I, I think influences this conversation is from Matthew six twenty one where it says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And so what are we kind of expressing love towards when we uh, engage alcohol? Are we loving or celebrating or drinking because we want our image to be? Are we loving our image and we're trying to sustain, you know, I want to be this cool Christian who's able to drink and I can prove that I can engage with, with culture well and I'm, you know, I'm wearing the right jeans and I've got the right craft beer? Or am I loving God and I'm trying to honor Him? Or am I loving people and trying to honor who they are and, you know, saying, oh man, they're under 21. I probably, if I'm going to love them well, I'm not going to drink with them. Mm. Or, you know, th- these are my parents. I want to love them well. They're offering me a glass of wine. I want to celebrate Thanksgiving with them that's loving and it's hospitality. So we kind of want to walk through who am I loving well? Am I not loving well? And ask that question. That's an important yeah, one and to the, go with. And the treasure here, again, this isn't j- about alcohol directly, but it's related where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also Matthew, Matthew six twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, this, yeah. uh, the, the treasure is not just money, though, though it can be. I mean, if you're spending $30,000 a month on wine, like Johnny Depp does, then you've probably got a an issue that you need to resolve mm-hmm. in your heart, but also the the treasure, how, where are the, the resources of your mind going? Are you just looking forward to alcohol all the time, scheduling your calendar around when you can drink? Is it occupying an inordinate amount of time in your mind, thinking about it, imagining it, desiring it? It, it shows something about your heart. And so taking inventory of your treasures, not just your finances, but the, the resources of your, your mind and your time, um, this is going to reveal something around, around your heart. Uh, and so that that's something that we think is really important to consider. Yeah, maybe that's why Johnny Depp has a house for sale right out past uh, the Lexington Airport there on Versailles Road. <laughs> so, buy more wine. Yeah, he's got to buy more wine. So if you're looking for a farm, Johnny Depp's got one to sell you. I think he's his mom still lo- playing a pirate somehow. He's just yeah, still drinking. The, the last scripture I'd want to introduce, and there's so many, and you can look down in the notes on this podcast to where to find a whole kind of typed up booklet that we've done. If you want to read some more scriptures and see kind of more in depth in, in a written way, if, if you want to read more about this, you can, you can look there and find that. But one last scripture I just want to introduce quickly is Proverbs 20, verse 1. It says, Wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. And again, just the scripture, it's not just drunkenness that we're dealing with. It's not just an isolated moment, but that you really can get led astray. And I know for me, watching, I had both my brothers died due to addiction issues. Uh, my dad, alcoholic. I mean, just multi-generations of this stuff looking back in my generational past uh, has really shaped me in, in many ways. And and, and so I just would want to make sure that we're clear that the scripture says, yes, this is a blessing. It can be when rightly used in the right setting, but 
it can very much also be, if misused, this is something that's capable of destroying your life. And so we need to be very, very honest. And the Bible looks at it with dead level gaze to say, it can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse that you will struggle with to, and, and generation after generation and your family can be affected by this. Yeah, and notice that in this in that verse, drunkenness isn't mentioned anywhere. What's mentioned is be wise with how you use these things. We have to be wise with how we use these things. So that is the, the governing ethic for us. Uh, and over the next couple of podcasts, we're going to get to talk a little bit more about that. That's great. Well, this has been conversation one around kind of our drinking and thinking uh, conversation. We want to make sure we're living wisely and relating well with alcohol. So this is episode one. Stick around. Episode two, we're going to dive more into this conversation. 